0: Thank you for choosing OECD Podcasts. Welcome to OECD Podcasts. I'm Kate Lancaster, and I'm speaking with Maeve Cohen, Director of Rethinking Economics, an international network of economics students, academics, and professionals. Hello, Maeve. Thank you so much for joining us. You're at the OECD today to take part in our conference 10 years after the failure of Lehman Brothers. What have we learned? That seems like a great question from which to start, so... You were born in the late 1980s, I think, and therefore
1: you became a young adult during the crisis years. What did you learn from that? What did that teach you? Before the crisis, I left school at 16, which was not uncommon where I was from, and went into working cafes and bars, and I traveled a lot, and I could save up money working in cafes and bars to travel. Um, And then the crisis happened, and I couldn't do that anymore. The money that I was earning in cafes and bars wasn't going very far at all. And I'd already been familiar or been deeply interested in how economic decisions made far away from people can affect the lives of people on the ground. So I'm from a mining community in the northeast of England. and the mining strikes of the 1980s um, destroyed the Northeast. Yeah. And these economic consequences were very really felt by people throughout my childhood and early adulthood. So I was already very interested in the effects of economic decision-making. I'd travelled a lot, as I say, and in places like India and Southeast Asia and Kenya, you could see the impact of economic decisions. Mm. And so when the crash happened, that was sort of my my first experience of it personally. Your yeah, so, wake-up call. Yeah, exactly. So I could no longer do the things that I could do before the crash. My father's business went down, and um, which obviously had a massive impact on our family. And suddenly these economic decisions that were being made far away that I'd been vaguely academically interested in were very real in my life as well.
0: So how did you get then from that to rethinking economics?
1: <laughs> so I decided that I... Wanted to understand the world better um, and that I wanted to go and study economics. And so I did that. Um, at 25, I went to university and was just absolutely astounded by the economics that i was learning Um i studied it in conjunction with politics so i did like political philosophy and they taught me about many different ways of looking at, at society and depending on the values that you use how that taints what your policy outcomes might be or, mm-hmm. or what you view as right and wrong and fair and just and all of those sorts of things but in economics we were just taught this is economics, this is how people behave. There was no room for critique. There was no room for saying, well, that doesn't represent what my view is. And um, We were just told this is exactly how it is and this is why people behave like this and they do behave like this and these are the outcomes. It's um, mathematical, it's mechanical, exactly. it's
0: predictable.
1: Exactly. So...
0: Obviously, rethinking economics is about challenging that, from what I understand. Uh, I have read that you said traditional economics are broken. It's time for a new economics. So what I'd like to know is what would that look like, uh, both as a practice of economics and in terms of policy?
1: So we focus on economics curricula at university, and our whole thrust is, we want to create the future policymakers and the future economists that are able to deal with the challenges that we face in the 21st century and we feel like our education system currently isn't producing those future economists that we need. So. What our new economics is for students to go to university and exactly like I was talking about with politics to learn different schools of thought and different ways of looking at the economy, exposing the values that you're using, exposing the assumptions that you're using and and talking about what the consequences of those values and assumptions are on the policies that you produce. And it's not about championing one school of thought over another school of thought. It's about juxtaposing different ideas Mm -hmm. to create those critical facilities in students so that when they go on in later life and become the future leaders and the policy makers they have this host of tools that they can use on the challenges that they're faced and also they have some humility and um understanding that whereas some things work in some instances they don't work in other instances and it's very possible that you could be wrong and you need to be flexible mm. about how you think about things
0: so giving critical thinking skills and helping people to appreciate that are plural viewpoints that there's more than one way to skin a cat, as you might yeah, say. Yeah. Like s- hopefully no cat are <laughs> no in the cat. making of this podcast. <laughs> but.
1: but yes, the social world is incredibly complex and nuanced, and it can't be condensed down into this one way that works yeah. for everything, and no, that we need to be humble about it oh, and, and yeah. listen to different... Uh, another part of it, sorry, is listening to different disciplines, a lot mm. of... A lot of people in disciplines outside of economics get incredibly frustrated because sometimes economists come up with something and they're like, oh, this is some bright new idea and sociologists have been talking about it (laughs) for decades. And yeah, listening to other disciplines, listening to each other, listening to people from different schools of thought and just being a bit more holistic about how you look at the world and, and what's important. And so then that translates into
0: policy through giving the tools to the future policy makers?
1: Yeah. Yeah. So we're not prescriptive in any way. We don't say um, mainstream economics is awful. We should all become post-Keynesian economists or feminist economists or Marxist economists. Rethinking economics job is not to give the answers. It's to create our future leaders that can then discover those answers themselves.
0: So future leaders sounds a bit, well... Future, long term. <laughs> so, so between then and now, what what else are you? What other projects do you have going on to, to to
1: bring more people to economics in a critical and and open way? Well, yeah. So one of our main critiques of economics is the lack of diversity within the discipline. So it is overwhelmingly white and it is overwhelmingly male, and we're not going to get an economic system or economic systems that represent the society they're supposed to be serving unless we do something about this lack of diversity in economics. So one of the tangible things we are trying to do at the minute is to, unfortunately only in the UK, because that's all we have capacity to do, is to go into underprivileged schools and talk about economics de-jargon it, talk about it in a way that people can relate to, in a way that it talks to their lived experiences, and try and encourage people who necessarily wouldn't think of economics as something that is for them or that is about them, show them that economics is actually an integral part of their lives, this is how it relates to them, and try and encourage them to go on to study economics at university and then in turn campaign for change for (laughs) curriculum reform at university and become future leaders. Again, it's a future thing, but... In economics as well. I also imagine the community uh, crash
0: course project that, that you've been a part of, that's a way of engaging the wider community and perhaps even parents who think about how economics are taught or not taught in schools. I can imagine so many different ways you can be active and that you are doing, in fact
1: yeah so the the community crash course was something that we came up with a few years ago that we've now passed on to our sister charity economy who do a lot of things around making economics accessible but that was to notice this issue that we have particularly in the uk um, and though we are an international campaign most of our funding is from uk funders Mm -hmm. so we have up until recently been very UK based we've luckily been giving we've been able to expand recently which is exciting but in the UK there's a problem of working class people not getting into politics and not getting into economics which I'm I'm sure is across the board in many many different countries Um, and one of the main reasons for that is because working class people will come home from school and their parents aren't talking about it and they're not learning it at school because curriculums in school aren't talking about it Mm. either so With this lack of understanding, this lack of learning happening at school and this lack of learning happening in the home, it's just they're excluded from it. Whereas more affluent students will go home and their parents will be engaged in these things and will talk about these things so they get their education there. So it makes it much easier for affluent um, students to go on and study economics and become um, economists. Whereas, I mean, I was... In the UK, there's only 0.8% of state-educated girls go on to study any kind of economics at university compared to... By by state-educated, you mean people who don't go to private school. Exactly. For non-UK listeners. And in comparison, 9.8% of privately educated boys go on to study economics. And that is incredibly stark. And the only way to overcome that is to get people talking about it in the home. Mm -hmm. And that was one of the main drivers behind doing the crash course. And the other major driver behind the crash course is so that people can actively engage in the policies that, yeah. that are being presented in the, to them. Most policies are backed up by economic reasoning these days because economics, the influence of economics is insane in the world of politics. Mm. So we have economic policies that are backed up by economic reasoning, and nobody understands the economics behind it. So nobody knows what they're voting for. So the crash course is another, that's a really important aim of the crash course is to improve our democracy as well.
0: Right. So through inclusivity, increasing engagement, and bringing many people to economics. Along those lines, you mentioned before feminist economics. Can you talk a little bit about that?
1: Yes. Um, Feminist economics is one of my very favorite Skills of thought, obviously, for for obvious reasons. Mm -hmm. Um, So the idea being that in mainstream economics, we just look as individuals that are genderless, and that um, as if such a thing exists. As if such a thing exists, and actually, in reality, gender imbalances are a major part of our economy and the different genders do do different work and that work is valued in different ways. And it's about acknowledging the power relations between the genders and acknowledging that the work that the different genders do contribute to the economy in different ways Mm -hmm. and then being able to incorporate that analysis into your economic analysis so that you come up with different policy solutions. So, for example, when our economy is in crisis and we decide that we need to increase productivity so we invest in infrastructure... We tend to invest in trains, in roads, and all these things in the construction industry that men build, we tend not to invest in social care, health care, education that women tend to work in, even though we know that. But, um, but
0: wait, aren't those sectors growing? We hear a lot about how the service economy is increasing and increasing.
1: Yeah, yeah, that's true. But if you're so, for example, austerity over uh, across Europe mm-hmm. after the financial crisis, the first services that got cut during that time, the first thing that yes. government cut their expenditure on is health care, social care. Mm-hmm. And these are the areas, yes, as I said, that are predominantly dominated by um, women. Mm. And we know that well-educated, healthy and mentally well people are more productive. So mm. if the idea is we want to increase productivity, why not invest loads of money into those sectors rather than investing? In, uh, not rather than, as well as, mm. obviously, infrastructure, spending in physical infrastructure is incredibly important to get our economies going. But as is... Investing in social infrastructure, and it just does not get discussed around the policy table, I would argue, because there aren't enough women around the policy table. Well, we need all voices around the policy table. Exactly. Um,
0: Just a last question for you. Um, So we've talked about how economics has this reputation for being difficult, for being for other people, people not like you and I. Uh, Well, we're women, so there you go. Um, But uh, you've told us a little bit about how Rethinking Economics is tackling this. How do you think organizations like the OECD should take this on? What can we do to help citizens become economically informed, engaged with policymaking, particularly economic policymaking?
1: What's your advice to us? Well, first and foremost, get rid of all the jargon. Economics and economists speak in a language that nobody else understands. And to be able to engage with economic discourse, you have to learn another language. And that makes it impossible for ordinary people people to engage with mm. it so first and foremost strip the jargon it also helps you to understand what you're talking about more when you're not hiding behind really difficult words yes. so if you can speak in plain language then everybody including you understands what you're talking about better Um, So first and foremost, strip the jargon. Um, Secondly, people aren't going to come to the OECD to learn things. You have to reach out to them. And I think um, the Bank of England have been doing a lot of work in this um, in recent time, particularly Mm -hmm. under um, Andy Haldin, their chief economist. This is a Mm -hmm. big focal point of his. And he's been going into town halls across the UK and talking to ordinary people and um, recognising that it's a two-way thing. Yes, people can learn from economists, but economists can definitely learn from people. And having those open conversations with people So I think going out there and having staff at the OECD going off and speaking to ordinary people is is another large part of that. And then I would obviously say social media and all of those things and podcasts like this and the videos that you're making. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Thank you very much. So... No jargon. Get out there and talk to people. And of course, for those of you listening, listen to our podcast. And, I, and again, thank you, Mev for your time. It's been great. Uh, listeners, I hope you've enjoyed it, too. You can find out more about the issues we've discussed today at RethinkEconomics.org and at OECD.org. Thank you for choosing OECD Podcasts.